Uh, I just brought some more chairs in, which is awesome. Um, totally down with that. Uh, we have room on the couch up here if we want to move some folks up here. We've got lots of room. Just pick a space. Find a space, any space. Yeah, we've got lots of room. You can move that pillow out the way and get the comfy seats. Just throw the pillow out of the way, Rob. Oh, yeah, throw the kid out of the way. That makes more sense, actually. Morning. I love Sunday morning. Because you know you never know what you're going to get on Sunday morning. Um, you know sometimes you know we have talked in the past. You know, the, the Sunday after Easter is always the least attended service of the year. Amen. And so um, while Easter, I don't know if you guys saw or not, but we had 43 people on Amen. Easter Sunday. That's pretty Amen. amazing, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I was pretty pumped. Um, pretty pretty jacked up on that one uh, myself. Oh, it is. Oh, it is. Oh, I wasn't sure. Okay, well, we good? Uh, we got pins oh, around, scattered about. I'm sure we can get you one. So, are we? I think we're live now. I'm gonna check and make sure. Uh, I think I think I know we were live. I'm guessing we are still live. Uh, I, I can't get out my phone right now to check. I'm just gonna. I'll let you handle that. Tara was on there. Hey, Tara, if you're still there. Um, <laughs> Tara's not feeling well today, so pray for her. Um, she she wasn't feeling too good this morning. It's going around. That's, you know, just the, the yuckiness is going around. So, um, so yeah. Okay. So, uh, so, yeah, so let's go ahead and um, we'll go ahead and just start with prayer. We'll just jump right into the Word. There's no reason to, uh, uh, to, to wait any longer. So, go ahead and bow your heads. Uh, Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for these people that have come to hear your Word, Lord. We ask that you just continue to move in this service, continue to, um, uh, to let your word be heard, Lord, that uh, these words that, um, that are going to be spoken this morning, that they would be your words, God, that we, they would be um, the words that you want uh, someone in this room to hear, that they would land softly on someone's heart, Lord. So please uh, just continue to bless us and to continue to, um, to, um, to just help this church grow every single week like you have to this point, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Alright, so, yeah, so we're actually starting a our first series. Uh, we've never uh, done a series. I mean, it's like eight weeks in, so it's not like we're, we've been slacking or anything like that. I mean, so we spent the first few weeks uh, kind of establishing who we are as Wilderness Church, talking about our mission and our vision. Uh, at Wilderness Church, and then we spent uh, the, nap, the last couple of weeks leading up into Easter, and then obviously Easter Sunday last week. Um, and so now, I've kind of been saying it really since the beginning, that when we started this church, we really wanted to just start with the foundation of the early church, and really the, the principles of Wilderness Church, we wanted to match the same principles of the early church. Because obviously they knew what they were doing. I mean, they had Jesus uh, to, to kind of guide them and tell them what to do. That's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to start a series today um, called To Be Continued. Because as we know, um, the Bible didn't stop. There. The Bible didn't end with Jesus' resurrection. Um, that's actually when the church started, uh, when, when Jesus was crucified. That was the birth of the early church. And so the book of Acts really lays the foundation for the church and by the way, I'm, I mean, we have like one, two, three, four, five, like five kids in here right now. Mm -hmm. 
We need a kids church. Amen. Amen. I think Amen. we've reached a point. We need a kids church. I mean, because I, and, and I don't know that they had kids church in the book of Acts, but it doesn't say they didn't. Um, doesn't say they didn't. So um, we, we're going to get that set up for you guys. Like here, I mean, if if y'all are going to be coming, we're going to we're going to get something for y'all. Hey, Jesus was about his father's business when he was eleven years old. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He was. I mean, Jesus was preaching in the big church when he was a, a, a baby, uh, when when he was a kid. What about your kids, Louis? My mom, you gonna preach next week? Yeah. He was. He was in the at the temple. Um, you know, when when he was just a boy. But uh, we we will. We're gonna get that set up for you guys. That, that makes me happy to see all of y'all. <laughs> Little faces and younger faces in here. I shouldn't say little faces. Y'all are grownish, right? Grownish. <laughs> sort of. You think you are at least, <laughs> but that's okay. Anyway, so yeah. So no, we're going to start this series called "To Be Continued" um, because the church continued after Jesus's uh, crucifixion and, and ascension into heaven. Um, that that's really when the church was born. So just to kind of catch you up on where we are, we're going to start in Acts chapter two. Um, chapter 1 basically talks about his ascension. Um, chapter 2, though, um, it begins in the upper room. Uh, it, it begins um, at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit fell and the, um, everyone was speaking in tongues of other languages. And everybody in the crowd, they kind of thought that um, you know, all these people were drunk. Uh, Liberty accused them of being drunk and whatnot. Um, we're not going to get into the actual speaking of tongues today. We know that uh, it is biblical uh, to speak in tongues, but we also know that Paul said it is the least of the gifts. Um, but um, the significance of that moment was not people speaking in tongues. The significance of that moment was the fact that the Holy Spirit appeared. The Holy right. Spirit was there. That was the moment that the Holy Spirit came down to, to live in us. So that, that, that was really the main point of, I mean, the Holy Spirit needed to get everybody's attention, and that's yeah. what it did. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the fact that it was through speaking in tongues—that's you know, there's there's reason for that and whatnot. But uh, the, the main purpose was that so he could grab the attention, and he did a great, he did a pretty good job of that because a huge crowd gathered when he was there, uh, when, when he was there, when the people were there, they were speaking in other languages. Um, they weren't speaking gibberish; they were literally speaking in the language of there. There was a huge crowd gathered. And they were speaking the languages of other people, so everyone could understand what they were saying. Um, but in that moment, all these people were gathering, and they were getting confused. They didn't know what was happening. Um, like I said, they literally were accusing all of these um, new Christians as being drunk. And so somebody kind of had to step up and, and, and take control and take the microphone. And that's what Peter did. Uh, Peter actually stands up, and he delivered what was going to what ended up being the first evangelical sermon uh, in that moment and he did a pretty good job because in that first day after that first sermon 3,000 people were brought into the faith 3,000 people were saved and they were baptized on day one so uh, and then day after day after day he continued uh, God continued to add to their numbers and so a community of believers was being formed and was, was kind of coming together which kind of leads us to where we're going to land today. We're in Acts chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 42 through 47. And if you want to turn with me there, you can. 
Um, we're going to kind of do like I normally do. We're going to read through the scripture first, and then we're going to come back and kind of dig into it a little bit. So um, let's go ahead and start with the scripture itself. Uh, it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings, and the fellowship, and the breaking of bread, and prayers. The fear uh, And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all that had a need. And day by day, attending temple gathering, uh, temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers day by day those who were being saved. Amen. So I don't like to insert my personal opinion a whole lot from the pulpit or the living room. Um, <laughs> You know, when it comes to, to bringing the word, but this is, I, I'm actually going to, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, this is my own personal opinion here. I personally believe that this scripture is probably the single most important scripture after the resurrection. Obviously, we know that Christ being born, Christ living a sinless life, Christ being a, a perfect sacrifice, Christ rising from the dead, that, that's, that's the meat of what we're doing. But after that, this scripture to me is really the most important scripture when it comes to the foundation of the Christian church. And I think, uh, especially if we look at verse 42, we get a really good depiction of what the church should look like and what a church community should look like. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and the fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayers. What about no volume? The volume, but no last Okay. Camera off? Did the camera go off? I don't know. I mean, I can stop for a second and we can check it out. I don't know. I don't know. Hold, please. When you're the camera guy and the... Uh, I need somebody... You, 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 know what, you know where we have a need, guys? It is right here. It is right here. And... I would love to... I think we're back. All right, I think we're back. So if it goes out again, I apologize. That's good to know. There's a little thing on the top of the camera will slide back, and it'll, you'll hear a click. That'll turn it back on. I don't know why I did that, but that's okay. So like I was saying, um, so it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings, the, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and the prayers. Four things. Learning, um, fellowship, eating or breaking of bread, communion, and praying. Amen. That's the foundation of the church community. Four things that um, you must have in order to, um, if your church is going to grow. Both the small church, as in wilderness church, and the big church, as in the kingdom. You, know, you must have these four things. Um, and so it, it kind of starts with um, oops, go back. Er, um, right here, it says they devoted themselves, and devoted is a pretty key word here. Um, it's some translations that say that they continuously devoted; other translations say continued steadfastly. Um, basically, it says they did it all the time. Uh, this this wasn't a part-time thing. 
It wasn't something that they did on nights when there was no ball practice or dance practice, or it wasn't things that they did when it was a cloudy day outside and so they couldn't go to the beach, so they figured they would go to church. It was something they did constantly. It was, it was something that, uh, it was part of their life. And you will see consistency. I mean, it's, it's a pretty common theme throughout the New Testament. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Uh, then again in Colossians, whatever you do, work heartily for uh, the Lord and not for men. Probably one of, uh, the, one of my favorite verses, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Amen. I mean, so, so basically what that's saying right there is if, if you're going to do this thing called church, if you're going to do this thing called God, you know, do it. You know, don't do it part of the time. Don't say, yeah, I'm going to do it today, but I'm not going to do it tomorrow. Yeah, I've got time for it today. No, I don't have time for it tomorrow. That's, that's really the, the, the gist of what this is. And that's why I think that the, um, um, the apostles were so specific in saying the word devoted. I mean, they devoted themselves because it had to be done all the time. You know that person that shows up every, you know, that they, they, they get in the Bible and then they kind of get straight away and then they have these hard times and then you see them come back and they get in the Word and they get in, into church and then they kind of fade away and they have hard times. You have to be consistent. Amen. I mean, the consistency is the key to every single thing we do. Uh, I mean, if you're not consistently in the Word, you're consistently somewhere else. That's right. I mean, and, and so it's, it's, it's you know, that, that's what they did. And specifically, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. Um, they were continuously in the Word. Um, you know, you can't build a church if you're not in the Word. Uh, and that goes for every single one of us. Um, you know, the pastors can't be the only ones in the Word. Um, you know, a couple of small group leaders can't be the only ones in the Word. Everyone was in the Word. Everyone took time to learn from the apostles' teachings. Everyone had a, had a responsibility to grow in the Word. Um, reading the Word cannot just be confined to Sunday mornings. I mean, and, and I'm going to go ahead and say that again. The Word of God cannot be confined to Sunday mornings. It cannot be the only time you hear the Word of God is on Sundays. Right. You have to take the time to devote yourself to the Word. The church must be devoted to the Word. You know, a lot of churches today, and, and I, you know, hopefully I don't step on too many toes when I say this, but I think in a lot of churches today, um, you learn more about psychology than you do about the Word of God. Absolutely. I mean, I think, um, you know, fixing yourself is super important, um, but that's not what the pulpit's for. Um, throwing a biblical reference into a TED Talk is, is nice, and it makes, but it's, it's not what the, the, the Sunday morning is for. They taught the Bible. They taught doctrine. They taught Scripture. That's what the early church was built on. Mm -hmm. um, what the Bible says about God, what the Bible says about Jesus, what the Bible says about you know, the power of the Holy Spirit. That are, those are the things that were taught in the early church. Um, they didn't preach about how to you know, be a better husband or how to be a better um, wife or how to deal with your anxiety. Because um, those things will come. Because when, right. when you put things in order, when you put God first, you put His Word first, those other things are going to come. There's no need to preach that on Sunday morning. Amen. Because Amen. You know, when we center our teachings on man, you know, if, we, if we focus teaching you know, how to improve ourselves as man and woman, 
what we end up doing is creating people that are more concerned about themselves than they are with Jesus Christ. That's right. And we can't have that. As a church, we've got to become a believer, a body of believers that put God first, that put learning God's word first before anything else. Um, you know, I, I pray that when, when you hear the word from this pulpit, that is always going to be just truth from the word. Um, and if I don't, feel free to call me out and say, hey, pastor, what happened there? Uh, because I, I can accept that. I, I need to be corrected at times, too. But I'm going to do my best to make sure we are devoted to the apostles' teachings. So I'm going to get off of that subject for a second because um, you know, it kind of makes people uncomfortable at times. But we're going we're gonna to dig into the next step here, which equally makes people uncomfortable at times, fellowship. I'm not looking at you, uh, Joyce. <laughs>
last week we took part in communion. Um, we broke bread. We took the bread. We took the cup. Um, Paul writes about the breaking of bread in his letter to the Corinthians. He, uh, again, he used the word koinonia when he was referring to communion. Um, the communion that we demonstrated is a basically a oneness with Christ. Uh, we take his body, we take his blood, we're becoming part of Christ. We're becoming one body, one part of the body. Uh, when the scripture refers to the early church devoting themselves to breaking bread, they were referring to two things, really. They were referring to communion, just like we did the other day. Um, they, they, some commentary says they literally took communion at every meal. Uh, before starting the meal, they would take the bread, take the cup, and they would celebrate communion. Um, but also it, it refers to uh, them just simply eating together. Uh, if we were to skip down to 46, which we'll go back to this again in a minute, it says day by day attending temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they receive their food with glad and generous hearts. Um, so why is this so important? You know, why is it so important that we just break bread together? And, and it's really two reasons. Um, A, to remind them about why they're doing what they're doing, who they're doing it for. Uh, it reminds them of Jesus Christ and the body of Christ and the sacrifice that he made. Mm -hmm. And B, uh, it simply built that community that we've talked about. Um, the dinner table is where family happens. I mean, um, you know, the dinner table is something that for a lot of families has just kind of drifted away over the years. But gosh, how many conversations do you remember as a child sitting around the dinner table? And, and you know, that's really where... You found out, you know, what happened during the day. You know, how was your day? What did you guys do today? I mean, that's really where you truly built your family. Um, you know, and, and that was really a main purpose by uh, in the breaking of bread. It was just to build community, to get to know each other, to be involved in each other's lives. And the last uh, part of verse 42 was the prayer. And I say the last, but certainly not the least important. Um... When it comes to prayer, uh, it's probably right there with learning, you know, being in the Word. It's right there as, you know, kind of side by side. We need people to serve the church. We need people to give to the church. We need people to spread the gospel for the church. But we need everyone to pray for the church. Um, you know, you can certainly do more than pray after you've prayed. But you can't do more than pray until you pray, it literally should be the start of everything we do. We start service with prayer. Um, we start our devotions. If we do a morning devotion, we should start it with prayer. We start our day, we should start it with prayer. Um, you know, we're going to go into a difficult conversation with somebody. It should start with prayer. Um, you know, you're going into a hard day of work. You're driving in, and you're like, "Gosh, this is not going to be fun." Start it with prayer. Everything should start. With prayer, Paul tells us that the battles we face are not with flesh and blood, but against the rulers and authorities and powers of darkness and the spiritual forces of evil. I mean, how do you plan to fight evil if you're not going to do it on a spiritual level and Amen. through prayer? Everything has to start with prayer. We need to understand about these four different areas, uh, the teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, the prayers. Um, none is really less important than other. It starts with the word and prayer, but it, uh, the felt, we need the fellowship. We need the breaking of bread. We pray. We receive the word. It leads to fellowship. It leads to breaking of bread, which leads to prayer, 
which leads to the word. It's, it's literally just, it all works together. It's a circle that we've got to have if we're going to grow this church and this, you know, this, this kingdom of heaven that, that we so desperately need to grow. Amen. Um, you know, so what are the fruits of these activities? Um, you know, what comes whenever we do these things? <laughs> um, You know, one of the things that comes from doing these four things is, if we, if we continue on into verse 43, it says, and fear came upon every soul. And you're like, wait a second. I didn't think I was supposed to be fearful of God. I thought we had a loving God. Why would I be afraid of God? Um, any young ladies in here um, have a relationship with their daddy when they were young where they just, they respected their daddy, but they they were afraid of him, but they loved him so much. I mean, that's kind of, kind of yeah, and, and, and men too, yeah. I mean, I'll tell you this, I did not, I believe to this day, I mean, I, my dad is, I don't know, he's 70 now, isn't he? Close to it. Somewhere in there. I wouldn't get in a fight with him. <laughs> I mean... I, could, I mean, he's got a bad knee, so I think I might come out, come out on top. But yeah. um, I mean, no, but yeah. I have a fear of my father. I'm not afraid of my dad, but I have a healthy fear of my father. I think a lot of us kind of have developed this relationship with God where we kind of look at him as a buddy. Um, we kind of get this chummy attitude towards God where, um, you know, we think of him more as a friend. Um, we've kind of lost a little bit of the reverence. Uh, that we had used to have for God. Um, you know, we're lacking in that true comprehension of who God really is. Paul, I think, says it best. Or I'm sorry, uh, David says it best in Psalm 33. He says, "Let the earth fear the Lord, and let the inhabitants of the earth stand in awe of Him." Right. It's okay to have a fear of God. It's okay mm -hmm. to be afraid. You know, have a healthy fear of God because. Um, you know, where it says here, let the inhabitants of the earth stay in awe of him. There's some translations of this scripture that say, and awe came upon every soul. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's literally kind of, the two words are kind of interchangeable yeah. here. It's a reverence for God. It's, you know, when you do these things, when you're devoted to the true teachings and fellowship and breaking of bread and prayer, you develop a reverence for God. Mm -hmm. Um, that's, you know, one of the things that comes out of this, um, if we were to continue on, it says, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Um, see, once you get all of this and you develop this, this fear uh, of God, this reverence for God, now you've created a situation where God can truly work. You've created an environment where God can do wonders and, you know, this you know, these, these amazing things. We've created the, the apostles and, and the early believers um, had a healthy fear of God. They had a hatred of evil and arrogance and laziness. They had a, a spirit of love and sharing. And in that community, they created an opportunity for God to truly show up and do these signs and wonders through the apostles. And I think it's important to point out, it says through the apostles, not by the apostles. Wait. Through the apostles. See, the apostles weren't the ones doing this. The apostles were the were just the conduit that, that, that God worked through. Right. You know, the apostles, you know, there, there's actually a couple, and you have to be careful. Um, this is just side note. Um, when you're reading different translations of the Bible, 
There are some very good translations. There are a couple of translations, that, though, that say done by the apostles. Mm -hmm. And it's just little things like that. That's why I encourage anybody, when you're reading the Bible and you're reading a certain translation, read it in multiple translations. Right. You know, so you can get a full understanding. But it's important to point out that this was done through the apostles, not by the apostles. Um, then as we continue on... Um, Um, so if we continue on, it says, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. I think that's important right there. They had everything in common. They did everything together. They cared about each other. They cared about what other people cared about. You know, it, it wasn't just what do I care about and what do I need. It was what do you care about and what do you need. They had all things in common. Um, then they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to everything as... You know, I, we're not going to ask you to sell your stuff. Um, um, I, I, I do have some good news for you. This is the really the only true reference in the New Testament of the church doing this part. Mm -hmm. So this is clearly just a one-time, you know, this was a need in that moment. Mm -hmm. um, the rest of this, is the theme is throughout the Bible. But right here, um, where they sold their belongings and possessions, it, so, so we're not going to ask you to do that. Um, you know, some of you guys have some nice things, and I would love to, you know, receive. You feel, if you feel yeah. led to do it, if, if God is telling you to sell your possessions and 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 give them to the pastors, then you know we're not going to turn it down. Amen. Uh, Amen. No, but I think what it does is it demonstrates the bond that these people had with each other. That's right. It, it demonstrates how much of a deep love they had, not only for uh, for God, but for each other. And, and so many of us, I think we lose that at times. Um, you know, we, 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 we love God and we do these things for God, um, but we forget about people. And, and when we do that, that's why, you know, we, we say love God and love people. You know, it's, it's a two-sided thing. You have to love God to love people. You have to love people to love God. You cannot love God and hate people. You cannot do it. You cannot love God and hate His creation. Um, but these people truly felt so strongly towards each other and towards... Um, this thing that they were creating, that God was creating, that they literally felt led to leave everything, sell everything, so that everyone would be in community with each other. Uh, and, and day by day, attending temple together and breaking bread in their homes, and they received their food with glad and generous hearts. See, that, that's, that was the, the personal outcome. They, they, they felt glad. They felt generous. These were the traits that were coming out of them because they did these things, because they were faithful, because they were living in this community, because they were in the Word, because they were in prayer, um, you know, they, they developed these glad and generous hearts. The psalmist says, happy is the people whose God is Jehovah. When you truly live in a community where you are lifting each other up and you're putting God first and then you're putting these your family and then you're putting you know your your church family all and it's all in order and and God is the head of that community that's when you develop that gratefulness that that cheerful heart that heart that doesn't look at things in a way that oh but yeah but what about this or oh but what about this no it's yeah but this I've got this you know we've got God and look at all the blessings we do have that's the result of 
doing these things. That's the result that should come from being in church. Church should not be a place where we, we dread to go because we know that that one person is going to be, you know, she's going to be gossiping about, you know, we all know the church lady. Um, you know, we don't, we don't want that. In the, that. There's no place for that in the church. And, and so these people didn't have that. They, they were glad and they were generous because they were sharing life together. You know, it was, such, it was great. And see, and, and ultimately, the Lord added to their numbers day by day um, those who were being saved. And, and I think the key here, um, and, I mean, this is the purpose of every bit of it, is, you know, people were being saved. They followed God. Um, you know, we're called to follow God. We're called to lead this church. Um, you know, we're called to spread the gospel, uh, just like the early disciples did, um, so that God can add to the kingdom. It's not us. It's fine if it's if it's not going. It's updated. It says it's updated the virus. Oh, good. That's nice. You can ignore it. Um, I mean, if, if we don't get a recording, we don't get a recording. We hope people uh, will show up next week. Um, but no, I mean... Um, Man can't grow a church. If trust me, if man could grow a church, we would have a thousand people in here right now because I'd be out there making this church grow. But I can't grow a church. You can't grow a church. Um, God is the only one that can grow this church. Amen. But just like with everything else, God requires something of us. He, right. He's not going to do this if we don't do that. If we don't go out and become disciples, become the disciples that He has called us to be. That he's not going to grow right. the church. Amen. Um, you know, it's you. You cannot. Um, you know, like I said, um, God is. You know, we have to do our part for God to do His part. Mm -hmm. And and like I said a moment ago as well, you cannot love God and love people and stand by and watch as the rest of the people around you go to hell. That's mm -hmm. not community. That's not right. loving people. You right. cannot use the excuse, well, I'm just not comfortable doing that, or, mm -hmm. well, I really just need a day off, or, gosh, I had a really rough week, because hell is coming every single day. I mean, the yeah. enemy is working every single day in yeah. every life around you, including your right. own. And, and he's working in, in all these people, you know, trying to pull them straight down to hell with him. And, and we've got an opportunity, we've got an obligation to... A commission. We've got yes, a commission. Yes, yes. We literally have a command. There's not a lot of commands in the New Testament, but there was one. You know, go and make disciples of all nations. Amen. That's our job. Amen. Our job is to make disciples, more disciples. Um, your faith doesn't just affect you. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of us get kind of confused. We you know, we've developed this mindset that, well, if I miss Sunday morning or if I miss, you know, if I don't do this, then it just affects me. But the truth is our effect, our faith should be affecting people around us. Our faith right. should be coming through us and affecting everyone around us. So even when we're not at church, we should still be living that faithful life that, you know, people see it. People understand there's something different there. Mm -hmm. You know, the people were drawn uh, in because they saw there was something different. God kept adding to their numbers because they saw there was something different in these people. They loved each other. They loved God. You know, and because of that, People were led to Christ. Amen. And ultimately, that's that's our job. That's our goal. What? They want what you have. Yeah. They need to want what you have. And that's the foundation of the early church, summed up in one paragraph.